0: you're listening to The Bishop Speaks, the podcast reaching all generations through revelation and where you receive information and inspiration from your host Bishop Bell. Let's start the show. Ministries and I am uh, the host of this platform called The Bishop Speaks. I guess I should have said it the other way around, but <laughs> y'all forgive me. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm doing part three to uh, what is the difference between freedom and liberty? And we've given the definitions in the last couple of uh, segments. So if you would, please be so kind to visit uh, those and hear the content and uh, hear our heart as it relates to having the uh, the knowledge and the understanding between knowing what freedom is versus liberty and the unfortunate reality is in America black folks still do not have the liberty to speak even though we have the First Amendment right Uh, we don't have the freedom to bear arms because we see the genocide the genocidal tendencies and the the abuses that are still happening uh, police brutality Uh, even after all of the um, awareness brought through George Floyd people Justify uh, their murder because number one they don't have to pay for it, number two they have a brotherhood uh, of people that cover one, f- uh, one for another, and uh, as I said in the last segment, the cover up is normally worse than the crime itself because now you're trying you have to lie to keep uh, things secret. But before I go any further, let's look to the Lord for direction and instruction. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name once again for this platform, this opportunity for hearts and minds of those who would hear the information that we're trying to share to inform them, increase them in the knowledge of you. And we just bless you for knowing, Lord God, the comparison and the parallel between the Word of God and the contemporary circumstances and lives in which we live in this society. So give us what to say and how to say it, the ability, the unction, the wherewithal, and most of all, your anointing, so that people can be informed and empowered in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, this is my third part here of... Uh, freedom versus liberty. And freedom, of course, we know is when you are not in prison or enslaved. You don't really, uh, you're no longer uh, hindered or restrained. Uh, But liberty is uh, the power to do what you please. Uh, And I want to read uh, a segment from what Frederick Douglass wrote in 1852 on July the 5th. And he said this, he says, this 4th of July is yours, not mine. You may rejoice, but I must mourn to drag a man in fetters into the grand illuminated temple of liberty and call upon him to join you in joyous anthems were inhumane mockery and sacrilegious irony. Do you mean citizens to mock me by asking me to speak today? What to the American slave is your 4th of July? I answer, a day that reveals to him more than all of the other days of the year the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is a constant victim. To him, your celebration is a sham, your boasted liberty and and unholy license, your national greatness swelling vanity. Your sounds of rejoicing are empty and heartless. Your denunciation of tyrants Brass fronted impudence, your shouts of liberty and equality, hollow mockery, your prayers and hymns, your sermons and thanksgiving, with all your religious parade and solemnity are to him mere bombast, fraud, deception, impiety, and hypocrisy. It is a thin veil to cover up crimes that would disgrace a nation of savages. There's not a nation of of the earth guilty of practices more shocking and bloody than are the people of these United States at this very hour. At a time like this, scorching irony, not convincing argument is needed. Oh, had I the ability and could reach the nation's ear, I I would today pour forth a stream, a fiery stream of biting ridicule, blasting reproach, withering sarcasm, and stern rebuke. For it's not the light that is needed, but fire. It is not the gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. The feeling of the nation must be quickened. The conscience of the nation must be aroused. The propriety of the nation must be startled. And the hypocrisy of the nation must be exposed. And the crimes against God and man must be proclaimed and denounced. July 5th, 1852. To what? Is the American sons of slaves, or former slaves, the 4th of July. I said this in the first segment concerning 1619 and the critical race theory argument that many people are having, and many people are using it as a dog whistle to say we will not celebrate, uh, based on the founding of Negroes being uh, incarcerated and them building the nation and them uh, not getting uh, compensated or rewarded with anything other than abuse, degradation, being treated inhumane and forced into labor without compensation or consideration. To have that type of control over a people, you wouldn't want to write down in history those words that say that that's how your nation began, enslaving those when you say that you were free. But it took uh, treating people inhumane to justify the inferiority so that you can remain superior. And so um, as, I'm, as I'm talking, uh, we were just talking in the last segment about uh, how, how people, uh, yeah, well, Joseph's brothers were afraid of how he was going to treat them because of how they had abused him. Uh, isn't that amazing? First of all, uh, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. God has a way, inevitably, to cause that which is at the forefront to flip and be at the back. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, at a cleaners last week before I went to a conference, and he's a military member, 23 years, retired. And he says, he says, Pastor Bell, he says, remember, he said, Bishop, you remember when you were in the military, the command would come forth from the drill sergeant or your platoon leader or whoever the leader was in the military, and it says, about faith. Now, before the command was given, the person that was standing in front of you was in front of you. But when the command about face, and your feet flipped and everybody turned and went in the opposite direction, now the person you were behind, you're now in front of. That's what God is doing in this nation. And we read the scripture out of Exodus 1, uh, 1st chapter, verses 7 through 10, how the new Pharaoh rose up just like a new president rose up, just like somebody that spoke the heart of the people, the evil that was in the hearts of the people, the abuse that was in the hearts of the people, the uh, misinformation, disinformation, the lies, the deceit, the manipulation, the perversion of laws and justice and government. So how can we say we're believers when we're turned on by cruelty, when we're turned on by uh, divisiveness, when we're turned on by pride, when we're turned on by our feet, of ship. Go, go to uh, Proverbs 6, verse uh, beginning at verse 16. These are the indictments against America, because if, if it's a republic for all people, to stand for all people, one nation under God, indivisible. Why is there so much division now? If it's one nation, if it's one people, if we're just an American people, not Black Americans, not White America, not European, not uh, Asian American, not uh, Hispanic American, not non-white, and uh, none of that. I read the the uh, doctrine of exclusion of 1638 from the Maryland doctrine of exclusion which was adopted by the other 12 uh, colonies at the time and stayed in place for 327 years until the civil rights era in 1965 wow so there's always have there's always have to be a policing of laws and a continual observance and investigation and accountability by the powers that be in order for there to be equality. That's why we had to have affirmative action. That's why we had to have the Civil Rights Movement. If you saw me as your brother, there would not have been a need for a civil war. There would not have been a need for emancipation. There wouldn't have been a need for any of the the, the different uh, social activ- activisms uh, if you saw me as an American, not a black American, but just as a person, as a human being. So in order to justify this, uh, there had to be a spiritual or a religious foundation, and it was called the Doctrine of Ham. And then the Doctrine of Ham, the Southern Baptist Church, I think in 2015, I think it was, 2015 or 2018, I can't remember exactly, but the Southern Baptist Church, which are primarily made up of white evangelical Christians, the moral majority, the ones that feel like, they have a monopoly like the Pharisees had uh, because they were the maintainers and upkeepers of the law. And so they even have a church that called the Patriot Church, which is maintaining a type of, um, well, maintaining, uh, you know, the, the the method is not sacred, but the message is. The message is about Jesus, not not how you dot I's and cross T's. And we've gotten caught up into that. But the doctrine of Ham uh, was to keep, uh, to say that black people were cursed, which is a lie, which said that the sons of Shem and Japheth, which were the sons of Noah, but Ham, they said, was cursed. No, Ham wasn't cursed. Canaan was cursed. And even if Canaan was cursed, uh, it only went to the third and fourth generation. How can you have 400 years of slavery or 300 plus years of slavery, and then you make you make a mandate that men must always be subservient to you? Non-com- not, not, non-competitive, and no, no compensation. And then you don't want to give people reparations. When they blew up Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the Japanese have been getting compensated ever since. There, there's always been some form of reparation. There's always been some form of reward. But for some strange reason, America refuses to give up any of its resources to assist, and then to complain about whatever it is that you give. Let me help you. After the slaves were emancipated in 1863, first of all, the state of Texas didn't free them or liberate them until 1865. The latter part of it, two and a half years later, almost going into three years. Why? Because they did not want to give up their finances. It goes back to economics. There wouldn't have been a need for people. If if America was not greedy, it wouldn't have been a need to enslave people so that they could work in your fields. And then you call them lazy? but you want to work them from sun up to sundown, beat the hell out of them, if they don't do what you say, rape their women and their children, separate their families and divide them, but you are a Christian nation. God help us. And still feel justified in everything that happened. And you don't want to talk about it. There was a man, uh, uh was it, uh, General Flynn, who already uh, had got arrested for lying to the, uh, to the court. And now he's talking about I plead the fifth. So only in America... Unless you are a white male, a white woman, and a somebody in the LGBTQ community, because Hispanics and blacks don't have no voice in America. You can't say nothing. They'll send you back to Mexico, Ecuador, Nicaragua, wherever. But what do you send 40-plus uh, million blacks that were born and raised here, right? What do you send them? What country are you going to send me to, bro? You don't know. Send them back to Africa. Well, for all the ignorant people, Africa is not a country; it's a continent. It's 54 countries in the in the continent. So you would have to do a, a, a ancestry.com and find out where I, I migrated from or the diaspora, or where my my forefathers, like they did on the on the movie Roots, or you know, either we talked to what's uh, what's the, the doctor name that uh, Henry Louis Gates talked to him at, at your expense because you're the one. America was the ones that brought former Africans over here. So, at any rate, I, I don't want to get into that discussion because that's a whole other discussion. My point is, is that this society has lied to people and made a social construct the rule of thumb. We have a caste system in America, and people say, well, America is not racist. Uh, and We had uh, Representative uh, Senator Tim Scott and the Vice President both claiming that America wasn't ra- everything about America was race, from the giddy up, from the beginning. All right. After the uh, Emancipation uh, Proclamation, there was a uh, uh, before Jim Crow. There was black codes. Watch this. Let me let me show you the uh, the cataclysmic. Uh, what I call the thing. It's, it's like a a series of steps. Right. Of all the stuff that black folks had to go through, coming I in mean, first, they was they weren't enslaved initially, and uh, I can't find my list here. They were not enslaved initially, and then they were brought here to be slaves, and then they were emancipated from slavery, and then they had to walk through uh, Jim Crow and uh, and the black codes, and then from that to supposedly being liberated to now uh, being hindered by every every form and every force. Uh, and every power that is, and so it's like you still don't have, uh, you still don't have your uh, your liberation, even though even though you are free, not to work on a farm. And then why says the system was so um, so charred and marred the way that you uh, justified uh, free slavery again was called sharecropping, because when the people were released, they were free to go, but they didn't have the liberty to get a job. They couldn't live in, on nobody's land. Because they didn't own no land. They didn't have nothing. But the clothes, the few clothes that was on their back, and a little bit of food that they had. So either you're going to starve or you come back because according to uh, the law, you could not, um, unless uh, the powers that be had control over all the land. As a matter of fact, in 1862, when they found out that this emancipation was going to be written to free the slaves, right? And that's why Lincoln lost his life uh, but the, w- one of the reasons he lost his life because the folks are so mad, just like they are right now. Why is it that America hates uh, African-Americans so bad? Why? All we're trying to do is live our life, take care of our families, have a good job. As a matter of fact, the majority of black folks moved from the South and moved up North only to find out they was just as racist up in the North as they was in the South. God help us. And then without God, we ain't got nothing. We have nothing, niente, niche, nada, <laughs> right? And so, it's an ongoing uh, evolution to try to get the basic uh, rights and privileges that everybody else was born with, and they have the liberty, and they know it, uh, unconsciously, you know it. Anytime a white person can call and say, somebody looked like they stealing something, and the police will come immediately. Mm-hmm. We can do that, and it'll take them forever. They can hear the bombs and the, and the machine guns and everything, and they ain't coming until they get ready, right? And speaking of which, anytime we wanted to vote, why says, we think the insurrection of uh, January the 6th was the, the first time this ever happened in America. No, it's not. It happened in 1898 in Wilmington, North Carolina. It happened in 1876 in Augusta, uh, Georgia. It ha- happened in 1919 in Elaine, Arkansas. Oh my God. Just to have the privilege. And then whenever we do is that what y'all just a bunch of lazy Who's lazy? When you had to enslave people to to make you rich and then you pass on all your inheritance to your children and your grandchildren, but then you won't allow me to advance myself or my family. I read to you the Maryland Doctrine of Exclusion. Neither black this population or their descendants. They're not to enjoy the fruits of white society. What's the fruits of white society? That they are uh, having a house in the white picket fence and having the money to send our kids to school, having the money that you can borrow from uh, a local government in order for you to start your own business and live your own life. Well, they did that in 1921 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And the whites got so mad, they burned down the whole side of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they still don't want to give reparations. People was walking out of movie theaters, Coming from the hairdresser, getting murdered mm-hmm. randomly, and nobody went to jail. How about that? So it's no different, ain't that? Like Solomon said, there ain't nothing new under the sun. There were between three to five thousand lynchings between 1870 and the the 1950s, uh, uh, late 1950s. Yeah, civil rights movement. It won't nothing. But we're in. A, we're, but this is not a racist country. We're colorblind we're 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 a post racist society, according to Mitch McConnell, yeah, and from your state, Kentucky, which was one of the heights of the KKK. Come on, bruh, see, I know too much there are three types of history you need to know. Number one, you need to know your history when you came from who you are. The reason why we murder and kill one another is because we have always assimilated into another society's view of us. And we have always had to take on the similitude and the attitude and the disposition just to survive. You got to kiss behind, you got to link up with folk just because they're intimidated by you. Anything that we become a part of, we're going to master. Bottom line. And society knows it. That's why so many things are being hidden. That's why information. And what's sad is every generation gets weaker and weaker uh, as it relates to their own identity. So the first history you need to know is yours. The second history you need to know is theirs. Theirs being this nation and all the people and all the powers that be in it. And third and foremost, you need to know his story, which is Jesus Christ. Because when you know who he is, then you, are, you will know even as you are known. Good God. Y'all, my time's up. I thank you for yours. i continue to pray. Stay safe and stay strong.